It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And do we have a jam-packed, exciting show for you today? I have been waiting for this show for, what, like a month since we planned it. I have one of my great friends as our guest today. Her name is Whitney Warren. So Whitney, say hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm so glad that you can join. So you guys, I don't want to steal Whitney's thunder here, but I'm going to give you just a little bit of an intro. So Whitney and I met a few years ago. It feels like it's been ages, but we met a few years ago because Whitney is a woman of many skills. She is not only an incredible photographer. So my book cover, Joy and Uncertainty, A Guide to Creating a Meaningful Life. If you look at that on the cover, is a shot that Whitney took of me. So that's actually how we met because she has just this incredible skills, but she's also got, she's got so much depth and she has walked into the Enneagram world and really understood this. And I'm super excited because on today's show, she's going to talk all about what that means. And she's going to share my Enneagram, which will be beautiful for you to see all the intricacies. It'll answer all of these questions for me and connect some dots for you. So Whitney, thank you for being here. I'm so excited that you joined us today. Oh, I'm thrilled. Let's get this party started. Yes. So Whitney and I, we also play together in the emotional intelligence space. You've heard me talk about leadership in that world and the emotional intelligence. And so we go in a lot of different directions, but today let's dig right into the Enneagram and just what is it? Tell everybody what it is. So at its core, the Enneagram is a personality assessment. So you've heard of Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders. It falls into that space. But what I find so unique and amazing about the Enneagram is that instead of um, how we're showing up, it's really digging into why we do the things we do. So instead of how do we drive the car, why do we even get in the car in the first place? So the Enneagram is this peak into our internal motivations. And what are we motivated by? The Enneagram says we are motivated by our fear and desire. So deep stuff right off the bat. This is beautiful. And I bet when you're talking about that car analogy, it probably based on my Enneagram number, could that tell me what kind of car is <laughs> it for me? <laughs> Absolutely. If you want to dive into that at that level, I mean, we could have a lot of fun in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll go there too. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, so there are how many different traits within Enneagram? Yeah, absolutely. So in Enneagram, we have nine types and each of those nine types has a core fear. So that's one of the very first things we learn. And, and when we learn our core fear, we are also learning some common behaviors that are associated with that. And what do we know about fear? So what I know, what I know to be true about fear is that if I'm afraid of something, I'm generally making up stories around it. I'm trying to protect myself from it. I'm creating strategies so that I don't have to interact with it. So in my world, my core fear is power and control. I'm scared of being powerless. I'm scared of not having control. So I make up a lot of stories about situations when it feels like I might be powerless or I might be losing my control. 
which is really beautiful because ha- knowing you, Whitney, if I didn't know that about you and we had had a conversation like this, I see you as a powerful person. And so I wouldn't even think that that was a concern for you. Mm-hmm. So this, this really understanding that at a deeper level is, is so important. Can you talk about that of how we can use this to our advantage in building teams and, and really just self-awareness? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. When I think about what's possible with the Enneagram, so I've, I've gotten deep with who I am and what that looks like and how my fear operates on many different levels, but that's just the, the tip of the iceberg when you're learning the Enneagram. If you've looked at it online, you're like, oh, Instagram's got a lot of information. We go directly to our number, but the juice is in learning other people's numbers, other people's fears, because that's who we're communicating with. And that's what we tend to fundamentally misunderstand. So I fear a loss of power, but one of the fears that I tend to misunderstand is a fear of being unsafe or insecure. Like, so physical and uh, just safety in general doesn't really play into my way of moving through the world, but there's a type out there that's whole orientation is how am I creating safety around me in every moment? that doesn't come up for me. So when someone's in a meeting with me and they're asking questions about what's the backup plan for this and what, how, you know, here are my six different ways to go about this. My personality is like, you're really overthinking that over there. And their personality is like, you're really not paying attention to that over there, are you? And so we're miscommunicating because fundamentally we're asking different questions. And then that empathy plays in too of, I hear you. This, there's this such power in knowing what, where, how somebody else is approaching. So what I hear is this is a tool in allowing us to get out of our judgment of what's going on around us and really be in that, that understanding of what's happening. Absolutely. I, I teach compassionate communication with the Enneagram because when we know people's true come from, then we know how to talk to them. Okay, cool. You're concerned with whether something is right or wrong. Well, perhaps there's no right or wrong in this situation. Can we talk through what that might look like? But if I'm talking to a right or wrong person and and they're not aware they're a right or wrong person, I get to first discover, okay, what's what's the real block here? It's probably not the problem in front of us. It's probably the thing that's that we carry around with us all the time. So tell me from your perspective, how did you get into this study? Mm, Well, I was living with three other women, three other single women. So there are four of us in this house. We called it the Fox Den, which is a whole story for another time. Um, And I think we had taken every single assessment, you know, as you do in your mid twenties, when you're discovering the world. Um, And one of my friends said, let's take the Enneagram. What is this Ennea what? And so we took it and I immediately came out as an eight and we, you know, some of my friends, they each got their different number. We were all different numbers. And from there, it just, I held it really lightly. Cool. This is great information. This is like anything else that I have ever listened to read. But as I progressed, I was like, oh, this is, this is deeper. This is more meaningful. This is actually giving me insights into how I could uh, relook at the way that I'm showing up in the world. And then going through our leadership process opened my eyes directly to how those fears were really ruling my life. 
So you know that it's something that's important for you. And then what'd you do? So you went and got certified in it? Is that, yes. is that the so process? Okay. I went and got certified in the Enneagram. I've loved it. I've read about it. I love studying people. That was part of what I love about photography is being in communication and connection with people. But the depth of the Enneagram offers, I was like, I have to have more. Um, so I went and got certified. And from there, I, I work with the IEQ-9, which is the most accurate assessment. And we're going to be able to talk about that today. But I didn't realize my deep love of data until this assessment came into the world. And I was like, oh, data about people and how they operate. This is data that I can be aligned with. Beautiful. So so the, I think the IEQ-9 you know, it brings up such an interesting question of, does the assessment that you take matter? There's a million out there online that you could take. How do you even begin? Yeah. So I, you know, most people begin the way that I began typing in Enneagram assessment into Google and seeing what comes up. And you know what? That's a great start with anything. We just start wherever we start. I, I direct people to free assessments all the time. But what I say is hold it really lightly. If you're going to do any sort of growth work, if you're going to do anything where you're going to identify with this system, you get to take a sophisticated test. And the IEQ-9 is that sophisticated test, in my personal opinion. Sure. So you had me take this, and this was, what, maybe 20 minutes, I think, was about Mm -hmm. to go through it. So it wasn't like it was a huge commitment of time. Now tell me, does it depend on where I'm at in the moment? So I took it on one day. What would happen if I took it the next day? Would the results be different? Yeah, great question. So there's certain parts of our personality that in Enneagram and world, and this is psychology as well, you come into the world with a certain orientation. So in Enneagram world, it's saying you were born your your number. And then, you know, your childhood gave you the experiences from which to operate within that number. So how I love to describe it is, you know, we were born with this, this core fear, this core desire, and then we were given, you know, the, the bowling alley, but we had bumpers. Like you're always going to kind of see things from this space, especially as a child. So as me, as a child looking for power and control, I was always like, okay, cool. If I behave this way, I feel powerful. If I behave this way, I feel like I'm in control. If I behave this way, I'm not in control. Okay, that doesn't work. I'm going to try that again. So, you know, as kids, we watch it. Kathleen, you have kids. I I have a couple that I, I watch too. And I can watch them negotiating how to get what they want. And this is how we're building our personalities. But of course, it's still around this fear. So as we're adults... We step into the adult space. And if we have not taken a minute, if we haven't taken a second to examine the thoughts in our brain, what's happening is that these personality strategies that we created when we were zero to eight are still what we're using. And the key difference is that when we were zero to eight, we didn't have control over our lives. And then as adults, we're using those same strategies But we do have control and we're still acting like we don't when we're not paying attention. I hear you, especially with kids. And thank you for drawing that connection. I see it as a a kid with eight, so eight, 10 and 12. And my eight-year-old, I see where his struggles are and where his power, the 10 and 12-year-old have kind of ironed that out. But the eight-year-old's still in that, 
mm, it's just a period that comes with, I'll say maturity, but I think it's really uh, understanding who you are and how you work with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who you are and how you work with that. That is exactly what the Enneagram does. It's like, who are you? Okay, cool. It doesn't have to be the law. You get to negotiate with your personality. I think that that's one of the coolest things that I found with the Enneagram is that, or, you know, there's a flip side when people learn their Enneagrams, they can say, oh, that's just the way I am. Take it or leave it, deal with it. But what the Enneagram's actually asking you to do is say, okay, hey, these, you know, four, and I'm an eight power and control. So that can tend to look up, you know, show up as aggressive or bossy or needing to be the the leader in every room. Okay. Well, that works for me. And then sometimes it doesn't. So I get to look at those ways that I'm showing up and say, okay, when is this working and when isn't this? And what's possible if I step into a situation and say, I don't need control here. In fact, I would serve this situation so much better if I really showed up in support and collaboration. That's what power looks like here. That means detaching from my fear that if I'm not in control, I will not have power and realizing that if I step into collaboration, perhaps that's where my ultimate power is. So it's what learning I- that. You, you're, you're opening up a space of that power can look different in different situations. So in some cases, power can look like the, the one that's in charge versus I'm the supporter and I'm going to lift everyone up, but I don't have to be out front. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. That's, it's freeing when you, when you really embrace that. No, I don't have to be in charge all the time. <laughs> my gosh, weights off my shoulders. And you know, yeah. and this is not... I will always be having this conversation with myself. So when you guys find out your Enneagrams, Kathleen, when we dive into your Enneagram, it's the constant conversation. It's always going to be a negotiation. Do I hold on or do I release and see what happens? Oh, so nice. Thank you for sharing this. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to go even deeper and reveal what's my Enneagram? So we'll share that with everyone and what you can learn about this. So enjoy this quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I'll talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReason.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. 
Hello, and welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership for the last 15 minutes. We've been talking all about the Enneagram with my friend, Whitney Warren, who's my guest today and your guest. So Whitney, we get to go even deeper. The best part. That's why I do this. The deeper, the better. I am, I am surrendering control, passing it to you. Whitney, tell me what I don't know. Ooh, girl. Okay. So for those of you who, who know Enneagram, I'm going to dive in deeper to what this particular number means. And then, um, we're just going to get, we're going to get really in it with Kathleen. So the big reveal, Kathleen, you are a seven. (laughs) So if you know nothing about the Enneagram, that's going to fall really flat, but we're about to like bring it up. We're about to inflate it and have fun. So the title of the seven is the enthusiastic visionary. Let's just pause there because I can't imagine a better title for who you be in the world than enthusiastic visionary. Tell me what that means to you. Thank you for asking. Enthusiastic visionary would be for me. My experience of that is lit up and really seen possibility, not just in myself, but in the world around me. So when I see somebody else, it's not about what I see for them. It's about understanding and getting them to be excited about what's possible for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Absolutely. what a great fit. What a great Write fit. Write it down right here. I'm taking notes. <laughs> And then these words, optimistic, flexible, future-oriented, practical, adventurous. These are some key words that really describe how a seven shows up in this world. How do you resonate with those? Which ones come to the top for you? We say them again. Optimistic, flexible, future-oriented, practical, adventurous. Hmm. I think the only one that doesn't ring like, woo, this, it would be practical yeah. <laughs> because I'm often not practical, but yeah, yeah. Adventurous, future oriented, optimistic, passionate. Those are all me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is practical is an interesting one for sevens because when I look at a seven from the outside, fun bubbles, let's go, let's go, let's go. But sevens also tend to do not deep research, but a lot of different research. And sevens tend to have a focus on lots of different things at the same time. How I see this as sevens are synthesizers. And I'm so glad I was actually able to say that word today because that's one of those words that doesn't come out of my mouth easily. Um, But that, that ability to see the whole picture, to see things that don't make sense together and then bring them together. That is a special skill of the seven. Okay. I see that. I like a puppeteer almost too, not mm-hmm. in controlling other people, but in, I'm going to merge these together so that I, cause I can see what others don't often see. Yeah. It's that visionary piece. Um, you are part of, there are three different centers of intelligence in our body and, you know, biology will tell us this. we got our head, our heart and our gut. Mm-hmm. And so those each number, you know, comes from a different space. So the seven is part of the head, the head center. So when you think about that, you, you're originating in the brain, you're a thinker, you love, uh, probably love learning. I'm guessing you love learning. Um, And sevens want to know a little bit about everything. They're generalists. Got it. Yeah. That, that really hits me, especially as I think about our, my, my business career and how, how wide it is. And right now, one of the the efforts that I'm going to be very narrow, and that is challenge. Yeah. Because there's just so many things 
that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And I want to speak into that challenge a little bit because you even saying your personality type would say to even get that specific, mm-hmm. you are negotiating with your fear because there's this, um, your motivation, your core motivation is the need to experience life fully and avoid pain. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that means to you. Uh, well, when you hop from one thing to another, you're not getting deep enough that you feel whatever's coming up. My, I've shared on this show, my mom died in October and November. We, we, we shared about, you talked a lot about that. And one of the things that even sharing that in November and committing to a month of really just talking about it, that was, I think what you're talking about negotiating with my fear of that was not easy. I think I cried. I mean, I cried on the show more. That was when we started TV too in November. It was beautiful. We start TV. I'm bawling on camera like this. That was negotiating with my fear. Absolutely. The seven, I mean, what a, an example, what a moment for you to really go deep with a feeling because how valuable, what did you learn from going deep with that grieving that you deserve to have? Yeah, that's the biggest piece that I deserve to have it instead of just letting myself brush over it and saying, I'll get to it when I have time or we'll do that later. I hear a lot of of people uh, and how I used to refer to it as compartmentalization. Mm -hmm. I'll just shove that down and go later. What I learned was that if I just deal with it now... I won't have to deal with it later. Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting because you're like, if I do it now, I don't have to do it later. So it's like a different kind of pain avoidance, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't want to deal with it later. I want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it now. But what what I've learned is the only way out is through. So we get to get to support it. But yeah, I don't want to feel that pain. I want to shut that off. So what I heard you say is we're going to deal with pain no matter what. If you're out there and you're a seven and, or, or you hear this and you're like, uh-huh, yep. We are dealing with pain, whether we're addressing it directly or we're waiting for it. It's right there. It will always be patiently in the wings. And what I heard you say is when your mom passed, you were like, you know what? This is my opportunity to go really, really deep with something that really, really matters. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that's a learning moment because I've had shingles twice. I don't know if I've shared this with you ever. Uh, I've had shingles twice. The first time that I got it, it was really a consequence of not dealing with a lot of that pain. And it was just continued and continued. And I paid the price twice. And it was awful. And I'm, I mean, I was, I was 35 when it happened. So there's no shingle shot. You don't get that to like 50 or 60. And there was nothing you could do about it. You just had to be in the pain. And that's where it really taught me this whole pain of like what you're talking about. We get to be in it. You're going to have it either way. Yeah. You can either have it now or it's going to be worse later. Yeah. Well, and what you just brought up, our body will tell us when we are avoiding pain. Like your body was like, listen, girl, I'm going to give you what you need because you got to feel it. And I mean, I'm sure all, you know, whoever's listening, myself included, um, I love as an eight, I love to push through things. If it's hard, I'm like, yes, my personality loves it. I make things harder just because I think they should be in order for me to like earn them. (laughs) We can't just be given stuff. We have to earn it. (laughs) Absolutely. 
but you know, of course what that creates is at some point my body is like, actually, that's not, that's not working. You need to sit down. (laughs) So I want to bring, I want to get a little deeper into that fear space. So Mm -hmm. the seven fear being limited, the fear of being limited and restricted, not living a full life or being in discomfort or pain. So we talked about discomfort and pain, but tell me about the feeling of being limited or restricted. Yeah, for me, that would be my biggest, that coupled with, uh, being irrelevant would be my biggest fears. Mm. So that's a seven thing, but, uh, it's, there's so many things to learn about in the world. It's, I, I went to, I went to college and had a double major in advertising and accounting. I've worked in public accounting and I was a CPA, which is probably some of that analytical space. Mm-hmm. But the, the goal was that then I could go into advertising and then I started an agency and love that. But I was running seven businesses. If you would, we would have had this conversation three years ago. And now I've got, see, I even have to count them. I've got four right now. <laughs> it's not a number that's in my head right away, but I've got four right now. And so it's really about expanding what's possible. Yesterday I had a conversation about how I want to start a book vending machine. It's the most random thing, but I just thought that'd be so cool. And there's that enthusiastic, that enthusiastic visionary just <laughs> popping right in there. How do we solve a problem in a practical manner? That's actually where the practicality comes in. Oh, there in. you it's go. Like, yeah. You see a book vending machine. It's not like books are going to fly from the sky. Like they're going to come out of the vending machine. Yeah. I'm, I'm already, I'm a, I'm all in anything yeah, about perfect. books and anything where I can press a button and get what I want. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, because the store is like 20 minutes away but if I had one on the corner Mm -hmm. I would just get it there yes you would okay I'm getting on board with the practical (laughs) (laughs) the other thing I want to bring into this space and this is the perfect segue so each type has a what we call a vice So the vice is the thing that keeps us linked to our fear it's what I would call our bad habit So for the seven, the vice is gluttony. And I'm going to define this from the Enneagram space, but gluttony in this space is the desire for new experiences to avoid pain or confinement, but still that, that feeling of still being dissatisfied. Mm -hmm. So it leads to the superficial connection and missing the value of depth. So we've talked about that depth piece, but the gluttony piece is always wanting it to be new, but never quite feeling the satisfaction of what you're in. Sure. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. There was a question I've been, I, I asked myself for like three years straight and it was, I get up every morning and say, what are you creating today, Kathleen? And that gave me the satisfaction of creating new things. And what I realized was, I loved that feeling of newness, but I I got to shift the question to what are you moving forward today? Like Mm -hmm. very different conversation and saying, Kathleen, you don't have to create anything new today. It's not about that. It's about moving something else forward. And now I've embraced the parking lot. That's a great, like my book vending machine. That's a great idea. And we're going to put it in the parking lot to address in the future because we're going to enjoy what we have in front of us now. Huge challenge for me. Huge challenge and huge. What I heard you say is you got to start asking yourself a new question because the question that you, your default question, what am I creating today? That's fun. Sevens are all about fun, 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 fun. I love hanging out with sevens because I want to have fun too. 
<laughs> and, but that question wasn't actually serving, you know, I'm sure you created a lot, but the question is for the seven, but what did you finish? And so with the seven getting all the way through, all the way to that finish line, that's where the work is. And of course, you know, for when you're talking to an eight, I'm like, well, what is, what is finished? I never, I can't quit. So what is finished? So what is your relationship with finishing? Yeah, that's, that's such a great question because when I worked on shorter term projects, especially when I ran my advertising agency and we had shorter term experiences, it was easy to see a start and a finish, but the longer, the stuff I work on now is really long-term. And so finish is like far off into the future. And I realize exactly what you're saying. There wasn't this like feeling of, of completion. And so where I get my finishing, what I've built in there is I start, I do a lot of like stuff with my hands, like uh, painting or uh, nothing that I'm really great at, but just playing it's practice for me. And those are smaller projects that give me a start, a middle and a finish. Mm. And what I find is I don't often finish those. Sometimes I do, but I, I don't have to, I don't necessarily do that. And so my, my relationship would be, it's like a 80% of the time I'll finish it. 20% of the time I'm like nah, or books. I got 20 books I'm reading right now. I haven't finished a single one of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, what I hear you saying is like, okay, there are certain things that I'm those long-term projects are taking a lot of your energy because they might be going against, I mean, they are, they absolutely are going against your core fear of, you know, cause if you stay with something, you have to stay with everything, both the joy and the pain of what it's bringing. So having these, these lower tiered experiences, reading books, if you read 90% of the book, you got 90% of the book. You're probably, you're probably doing okay. Uh, you know, if you get, yeah, you go, Ooh. freedom there. <laughs> exactly. Like if you finish 90% of the painting, like, and don't hang it on your wall, you did that for you. So bringing in that tendency to lower stakes situations is a great way to you know, create that release, create that gluttony, but in a way that works for you rather than against you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I could so easily, I noticed a pattern for quite a while where I would push through uh, new ideas. So when I was asking myself that question and I would push through these new ideas, but they would look like new businesses, new, like they were big things, but I would keep moving them forward. And that became a problem because it was distracting from what we had. Yeah, absolutely. And that pushing, that pushing of the, well, you have a pusher in you. So I want to go next to that. Because people often ask, well, am I one number? Mm. And I'm going to pause your hook because mm. absolutely we want to go deep in that, but let's go on a quick break. So we are going to go right when we get back from that break, we'll go right in. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be back just after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. 
Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and for the last 30 minutes, we've been digging all into the Enneagram. I've been surrendering, and Whitney is showing what the Enneagram is and you, we are going into all of my weaknesses and fears. So this is beautiful. Whitney, let's keep going. Ooh, okay. We're about to take it a level deeper. So the question I get so often when I'm presenting is, okay, so I'm, I'm this one number. I'm just one thing. I'm like, oh, no, girl, you complicate it. <laughs> and that's so great. But I didn't know how complicated we were until I went and got certified and really dove into what was possible. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about this IEQ 9 assessment is that it really shares with us how complex we are. So Kathleen, I'm about to share how complex you are. Are you ready? Oh, I am. I want to ask you one quick question before yes. you go to that. So what you just said there, how complex we, is it how complex we are or how complex we've made it? Oh, it's how complex we are. Okay. All right. This is good to know. So let's understand the (laughs) distinction there of I'm asking, am I making something complex? Because I know I can do that. I know Mm. I have that ability to make something simple, complex, but Mm -hmm. what I'm hearing you say, Whitney is nah, but freedom here. This is just who you are. Yeah, we are complex. Okay, yeah. awesome. let's go. <laughs> so we have this core number, you're a seven. Awesome. So that motivation to always be having fun, new experiences, the fear of being limited or, or sitting in a painful moment. This is what, this is your why. This is, you know, not like mission why, but like that motivational why that's in your, in your space. But we have, remember back into the beginning, I talked about having a head heart and gut space. Well, we have a center of intelligence in each of those spaces. So gut types are eights, nines, and ones. Gut types, they're instinctual. They're, um, they're driven by their body. Everything originates in the body. Heart types are twos, threes, and fours. Their feelings, they're, they're, they're all about what's happening in here. And then head types are five, sixes, and sevens. So you land motivationally in the head type. But when I say this out loud to you, you're going to start to see the full picture. So you act, instinctually act like an eight, which is all about power and control. We know a little bit about the eight already. You feel like a two. Twos are the helpers. They're warm. They're loving. Like their their, um, feeling energy is very external. You can feel a two. And then you think like a seven. So you act like an eight, you feel like a two, and you think like a seven. Got it. And you actually do it. Go ahead. So my husband, who's a five and who's in a lot of these businesses with me, that, and so, I mean, that's a, where's the five fit in there? Isn't that complimentary? Yeah. So the five is a head type. 
And the five is an internal processing head type. So you, as you already know, are an externally processing head type. You get a thought and it immediately comes out into the world. There's like very little time between (laughs) this and this. And actually, you know, we have each type is either internal, external, and, or um, contradicted. This is getting even deeper, but you happen to have all external types on your tri-type. So that eight, two, seven, you're all external girl. We feel you. We see you. We know you love us. We're good. We got you because you happen to be, your personality is completely and totally external. That's not true for everybody. So Josh, I've met him. I, you know, and, and that five is an internal processor. What I, what I know about fives and what I've seen to be true is fives, they're thinking, but they're thinking it through and nothing is coming out of their mouth until they have all the information and they know exactly where they're headed with this. Fives often cannot move forward if they don't have all the information. So you know what it's like at our house. Yeah. So think about the seven. It comes into your brain and immediately goes out. Doesn't need all the information. Just like as long as checks in with the gut, the gut's like, okay, does it work for my people? Here we go. And the five's like, hold on, (laughs) hold on woman. We got to talk about this. You want to know about the book vending machine yesterday when I shared this idea? (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm sure he was thrilled. Well, the flip side of that, he came home a few weeks ago and he says, I have this idea and it's totally wild. <laughs> I well, said, and that's beautiful. I said yeah. well, he, he, yeah, he thought through this the whole time. And I, I said, I can say this on live radio. I said, we're opening a porn shop. Like this is, this is where I went because I thought what would be so wild that it would be so unexpected that it would come out of his mouth. Like that's what I said. And he, <laughs> he was looked at me and he goes, no. And then the, what came out of his mouth was just like, to me, a totally normal idea. <laughs> like for you, but think about the difference. Like for you, the wildest thing, like, let's go all the way. Let's yeah. literally go all the way for him. It's like, this is super wild. It might be really, really creative and outside of his normal way. Yeah. And that was him, you know, exercising his creativity for you. It was like, okay. I mean, like we could have gone a little further, but like, in the wild factor, but cool idea. It's exactly, but like, that was the difference of the five. He had thought through it all, or he'll say something or I'll ask him a question. And a week later, he'll be like, like, we just were in the, like the conversation was still happening. And I'm like, wait, I moved on from that. We had a million conversations between that, but that's the uh, appreciating exactly what you're saying. This headspace that, that he's, I, I have to, I feel like sometimes I got a filter. I get to put the filter in front of it. Yeah. Well, and what you're bringing up is so beautiful. So I want to dive into that for a second. The seven has a lot of ideas all the time and the five, it's not that they don't have a lot of ideas, but they will take all of those ideas pretty seriously. And so, you know, Josh is over there thinking through things that you've actually forgotten about. And he doesn't know that he doesn't need to be expending his energy on that because, you know, he wants to know more. He wants to create the plan. You know, that's just the the five instinct. And what the five is really concerned with is conserving energy. Mm -hmm. 
So you might find this if it's something you've moved on from. He's frustrated because he's just spent all this energy coming up with the solution. And you're like, babe, I don't need it. Like, it's not even a thing. (laughs) Does that ever happen to you? A few times. I mean, here and there. (laughs) It's like the last five years of our life. It's been that conversation. It's awesome. (laughs) Yes. But now knowing this, okay, cool. You know this because you know him, because he's your partner, because, because this is the way he operates with you. But knowing that fives need time to process and fives might not, I mean, he is your partner and he's your business partner. He might not be your first go-to for brainstorming. That gets to be someone else because they can hold those things lightly and have fun with them and not feel compelled to follow up on them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really great learning and something that if he was sitting here, he'd be like, thank you for saying that. Thank you. Yeah. Cause it releases that pressure because what I heard you say is he wants so deeply to add value and he is really considerate about how he adds value. So being considerate with what ideas you bring into his space so that he knows where he gets to play. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, He's like, well, we're going here and then we're going here. And for me to even articulate those, they're just ideas. We're not moving forward in any of that, but absolutely the understanding you were talking about earlier in this, this show, understanding what, how somebody else shows up so that I can't expect him to change if he does awesome. But I know that I get to have that brainstorming session with somebody else, bring him ideas that are at least somewhat vetted before he spends any energy. Cause anything that comes out, he was like, okay, how do I support you moving forward? His list is a lot longer than mine. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't even make it to my paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So that, and that's, that's compassionate communication, right? So that's the ability when we know these things, And you know, because he's your partner, but I think having this on paper, having some of this written out, having the language enables us to really see the nuances, that compartmentalization. For a five, compartmentalization is a way of life. I work here. I family here. I feel here. I'm not doing those things at the same time. In fact, if I need to have a feeling, I need to go into another room and there's going to be a specific time and a place in which I have that feeling. And then I will come back in and I will have a logical conversation with you, maybe about that feeling, but maybe not. Yeah, that's been a, a huge growth opportunity. And, and so that, that trait, does that show up in other numbers as well? Mm-hmm. So the internalization, not the compartmentalization, you know, kind of happens for all of us, especially if you have but it's, it's fundamental for the five. So when I say, you know, fives compartmentalize, the rest of us are not off the hook. We are humans. The Enneagram is a circle with interconnecting lines for a real reason. The real reason is if it's in one of us, it's in all of us. And so what I do know about the five and the seven is you guys have a line to each other. There's a, you know, if you look in that circle, there's a a direct line to each other. So what does that mean? You guys grow toward and away from each other, not like as people, Mm -hmm. but it's like that it's your integration line or your disintegration line. So what I mean by that is when we're integrating, we are reaching a higher level of what's possible for ourselves. 
So think about that. You, I mean, this, you, you're in a great partnership because you guys have a line that you get to explore just by being with each other. He asks you, okay, think about these things deeply. You know, what does it look like to conserve energy and only put our focus on things that really need it? What does it look like to slow down a little? Mm. I'm sure that these are things that come up and for vice versa. Hey, let's have some fun. Let's go be spontaneous. Let's not take this so seriously. Let's let something come out of our mouth half-baked. And so these are the things, you know, the fives get to move to that seven and the seven gets to move to the five. Yeah, And so you're, go ahead. Yeah. What was your thought on that? No, I mean, it's, I, I see this entirely. One of the, the processes that we're working through now is he says there's a level, this, this is his words. There's a level of trust that we get to get to where you're surrendering. And so now for the next few weeks, he, we're doing this exercise where he has, He's, he's basically like assignments saying, this is what I want you to work on today. And if you trust me, it's all going to focus on moving us forward for an, for an enthusiastic visionary who doesn't, you can't quite see the end game that can feel like handcuffs. And then I get to, to surrender and just say, it's okay. Yeah. Ooh, what a stretch for you. I mean, it would be a stretch for me too. I'm like, and also just being told what to do is even though you're, you are, you are saying, tell me what to do for your personality type, probably not the most fun. Like that's not, that's <laughs> not like, you're not in a space where, yeah, just tell me what, tell me what to do. Cool, I'll do it's it. great. No, you're like, actually, please don't tell me what to do. But like I asked for it. So here we go. Yeah. It's like, like I get my to-do list, like the, the idea of a to-do list is even kind of cringy for me because it feels like that handcuff, like that limiting belief. Yet there's the practical side of how do I actually move things forward and get it done? Yeah. It's one thing to just talk about it. It's another thing, get it done. Well, and great support for a seven is having that person that can make the to-do list because it's not, I mean, truly it's probably not in your space. Like if you, you and I actually have the exact same three numbers you're a seven, eight, two, I'm an eight, seven, two. So we are, we are, we fundamentally operate similarly to we have a different fear. And so a to-do list, you know, my employees have them and they create them for me, but I don't, I can't create it for myself. And, you know, I, I have to create these follow-up systems like, okay, you get to follow up with me, follow up with me, follow up with me. Um, because that's how, you know, being accountable is how I make sure that I'm getting stuff done. Yeah. What I, what I'm hearing you say, especially in the systems and processes space, understanding your number and your, your traits and your systems can, you can allow you to be supported with the systems or the processes where somebody with like a five, you know, Josh loves systems. That is not a problem for him. Getting Mm -hmm. me to use the CRM, that's a much bigger problem. So really understanding here, what is supportive for you based on who you are? Absolutely. So it sounds like you, you know, picked a great partner for what does support look like? Support looks like someone who actually loves systems and can bring them. And, you know, you get to surrender to the fact that that is support and it may be touching your fear, but it's actually going to move you forward. Yeah. 
and past that specific fear, because oftentimes that pain of getting it done is so momentary, but we make it last forever with our resistance. That's so, yeah. I had somebody, a mentor tell me a few years ago that I said, this surrender, it's exhausting. And she says, no, you got it backwards. Like, what are you talking about? She goes, surrender is actually very freeing. It's the resistance to it. That's exhausting. Once you actually just kind of let it go and, and, and really lean into that fear, that's not exhausting anymore. And it took a little bit to really understand that from a logical perspective of, okay, that's what this is. I get to just take a deep breath. Yeah. I mean, that surrender piece is, wow. Like, resistance and surrender, you bring up such a beautiful point. I mean, that is the Enneagram, that resistance, you know, what do I resist? I resist any situation in which I might, my, my personality would interpret it as me not being in control or me not feeling powerful. That means that a lot of times I'm walking into a situation evaluating if I'm going to be able to control it or not. And that, you know, is creating resistance to the situation. Disneyland. Let's talk about Disneyland. Where you just went. I, this is great. <laughs> Hello, surrender. Hello, surrender. So my partner, when I met my partner, he pulled out, like day one, pulled out his Disney credit card with Mickey Mouse on it. And I was like, crap, I'm going to get to go to Disneyland. <laughs> And, uh, and so I knew that this was going to be, I got, I could either resist this when the time came or I could surrender. And my surrender was like, babe, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this thing. You get to control every single little detail. Uh, Count me as one of your kids, a very, very obedient, compliant, you know, will carry the backpack kid, but this is me surrendering. You pick, you do, I follow. It's great. And when I'm in that, I had a pretty good time. Yeah, this is now let's talk about this too, because there's another piece here that probably plays in with the, yes, you surrendered and tell me about your food. Oh, (laughs) so right before this, I committed to a wellness journey for myself. My wellness journey includes brown rice, sweet potatoes, lots of lettuce, you know, the, the whole foods, foods that are not easily founded. Disneyland. Let's just be clear. And I was on vacation for eight days. So I carried a cooler pack, a huge cooler pack on my back through the airport, through Disneyland, to the beach, to the zoo. I mean, this cooler pack and I were bonded for life. And what I realized is that taking control over my diet was so liberating. I had every day this little piece of control that was adding to my overall health, that was giving me energy, that was creating a sense of calm. So I really didn't have to do anything else because my need for control was satiated at such a real and intimate and deep level that I could go into Disneyland and be like, cool, I got my water. I got my brown rice and my egg whites. I've got my mustard and my my greens and I'm good to go. And then you, so you got your control space, mm-hmm. but then you got to just surrender and be in the moment. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, juicy. So Wendy, we could talk for hours. I mean, days, months about this. 
So tell me if somebody's like, yes, I want to learn more. How do they get a hold of you? Yes, I am ridiculously easy to find on the internet. So it's, uh, you know, my website is www.whitneywarn. Warn is spelled W-A-R-N-E. That's the only tricky part. Whitneywarn.com. You can find me on Instagram at Whitney Warren and you can find my Facebook page. Just type in Whitney Warren and I will show up in your world. Oh, I love it. Okay. And I want you to, I want to make sure we cover this in today's show. So, so Whitney, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, she has a phenomenal gift for photography. And one of the things that I remember you saying, and I see it clearly when you speak. So in one minute, I want you to say about what happens when women in particular are on the other side of the camera and what gets to change. Cause I know you're a stand for this. Oh, okay. What gets to change? What I see so frequently is women holding themselves back from truly being seen, stepping in front of the camera, owning that our bodies are a part of who we are and they are a beautiful part of who we are. And the change that I see when people step in front of my camera and surrender to being seen is that they see how incredible they are. And that knowing As women, we get to know that the body we inhabit is amazing just as it is. And we get to walk around with pride. And so when we walk around knowing that we are incredible, everything in our world gets to open up to us and we show up. We show up more when we are willing to take that first step and be seen. Beautiful. So Whitney inspires me every day. I mean, we have a great story of even how we met and it's beautiful to see you shine, Whitney. I thank you so much for just being who you are in this world. You don't have to pretend to be somebody else because my experience of you is knowing this is who I am and this is what I stand for. And I get to just go out and serve the world. And if somebody doesn't see my gifts, cool. Exactly. That simple. It is that simple. It's in, I embrace that every day. This is who I am. And if I want to change something, I look And I have the tools, I have the system, I have the strategies. And when I want to shift, I get to shift. What's, and what's so beautiful. And there's another piece underneath that. Again, Whitney, you and I could talk for hours about this, but you've done a really great job of surrounding yourself with people that when you're not in that, the beautiful streamlined piece that you just said, when we're in what you and I refer to as breakdown, there's a whole group of people that are there to support you and lift you up and not bring you down because you're there, but make sure that you get out of it. Absolutely. I mean, that's the key to, to the key to my life. Surround myself with people who see my greatness and also are totally there for the moments when I'm not feeling great. So beautiful. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for being on the show. Listeners, we are show up every single Monday. We've got incredible shows lined up for you. So make sure you tune in Monday here on Inspired Choices Network. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.